Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Coming up on this edition of Inside Boxing Live, Ray Flores on all things Triller and Jake Paul. Is Boots Ennis ready for the big dogs at 147? And Jamel Charlo, Brian Castaño, one step closer. Inside Boxing Live, coming up next. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. It is Jake Paul Fight Week. Wow. Yes, it actually is. The fight is here. And I think uh, boxing fans will be tuning in out of curiosity. And I think that a lot of other entertainment fans and fans of Jake Paul, TikTokers, YouTubers, will all have their eyes on uh, Atlanta this weekend. And joining us on the show, he'll be calling the fight Mr. Ray Flores. You know him, uh, PBC ring announcer, calls fights, hosts weigh-ins, does some college wrestling stuff. Guy does a little bit of everything, and a good friend of mine, and he joins us on the show to kind of take you behind the scenes on what it's been like in the lead-up to this fight from a production standpoint, as well as uh, what it means. You know, Jake Paul getting into the boxing world, uh, he's been in it for a few years now, but actually uh, taking the steps to being a main event guy and being a guy that's seemingly in the headlines every single day in this beautiful sport uh, that we call boxing. If you're catching the show over on the Fubo Sports Network, I appreciate that, uh, as well as the Pluto Boxing Channel. Channel 728 is where you can catch this show every single week. And, of course, on our YouTube page and over on iTunes, uh, search Inside Boxing Live. Leave us a five-star rating uh, and uh, review. So we'll talk a lot of Triller and a lot of uh, Jake Paul. And we'll also talk some some fights, uh, some real fights. Because uh, this past weekend was one of the more action-packed weekends uh, in the boxing world. There were some big fights from about 2 o'clock Eastern to well past midnight and the thing about this weekend is this past weekend it had a little bit of everything there were brawls there were there were first round knockouts and there are fights that are going to set up bigger fights that's what i love uh, about the sport is what's next it's always like yeah he won but what is it what could be next for this guy and we saw that uh with boots ennis uh when he absolutely destroyed sergey lipinets in six rounds now boots ennis has yet to go past six rounds lipinets has never been beat up like that uh, the stock is is through the roof for Jerron Ennis. You talk to any uh, media member, any fan, they couldn't speak any highly, uh, more highly of Jerron Boots Ennis, and rightfully so. He took out uh, Lipinets with uh, just a barrage of body punches, a barrage of power shots. What's next for him is is we don't know what's next because he's that good, and he's almost looked too good uh, in, in that fight. They're talking about, you know, immediately people were throwing out that this guy can beat Spence, this guy can beat Crawford. Maybe slow pump the brakes on that, but I would probably favor him over any other welterweight not named uh, Terrence Crawford or Errol Spence. So maybe we'll see him in these types of secondary matches, uh, Jamal James, your Dennis Ugas, but sky's the limit for, for Boots Ennis. Joe Smith Jr. was in action this past weekend. He took out Maxim Vlazov, uh, didn't take him out, and went to distance a very back and forth fight uh could have went either way could have been a draw you could have seen Vlazov getting the win in that one but it's Joe Smith Jr. who got the decisive win uh not the decisive win but got the decision and uh uh I think mostly because of how he finished the fight 11th and 12th round really stepped on the gas 
after the fight got away from him in those middle rounds. Vlazov is tough, man. That dude has a chin and a half. But it's Joe Smith Jr. who comes out on top. And what's next for him, besides getting in a tree with me and doing an interview, is Arthur Betterbiev. We're going to see Arthur Betterbiev versus Joe Smith. And Top Rank is keen on it. Uh, Joe Smith wants it. Uh, Betterbiev needs another big fight. He's getting up there in age. And it's going to be different than the Vlazov fight. Unless... Better BF comes out with his hands at his waist, firing off 75 punches around. That's not who Better BF is. It's going to be a little more plodding, and that's a fight that uh, could could be interesting for Joe Smith. I know he didn't look great, but uh, you got to keep in mind that that was a really long uh, training camp. We've seen this happen over the in the COVID era of boxing. When the fight gets postponed and you have to extend your training camp for the same fighter, uh, these sometimes these fighters come out flat. I think that's the case with Joe Smith. Connor Ben over in London, England was victorious. Another good-looking uh, welterweight. Uh, he took out Samuel Vargas in one round. That was really explosive and a little unexpected. He's calling out big names. So between him. Virgil Ortiz and Boots Ennis. The Walter Wade division is finally getting some young blood uh, to go along with some of the older heads, the guys that are older 30, the Keith Thurmans, the Sean Porters, the Terrence Crawfords, and the Errol Spences. So that's exciting for the Walter Wade division. And lastly, we saw this past weekend, Savannah Marshall. Uh, Savannah Marshall KO uh, 2 over her uh, late uh, opponent. And... Uh, this one is for ramifications that we obviously are going to see between Savannah Marshall and Clarissa Shields. Savannah Marshall is the last woman to beat Clarissa Shields way back at the Olympic trials when they were amateurs. Uh, I covered Clarissa Shields' last fight. I was in the ring with Shields, and I brought up Savannah Marshall. She looked directly into the camera and said, Savannah Marshall can't F with me. So that's the fight that, that the boxing fans want to see. Women's boxing, I think it's up there with Katie Taylor and, and Amanda Serrano as two super fights in women's boxing. Savannah Marshall has now eight knockouts in her 10 fights that's the one knock on women's boxing i think is there's not enough knockouts they have a girl in savannah marshall who could knock opponents out and in the same weight class as clarissa shields who just announced that she'll be fighting on pfl uh in early june so clarissa shields on pfl some fights that were recently announced and some fights that were recently uh rumored that are gonna going to be announced soon start with ryan garcia javier fortuna july 9th over on the zone so Oscar De La Hoya and Ryan Garcia are going to be fighting in back-to-back weeks in July. Uh, I like this fight. Obviously, it's not the fight that we all want to see. That's that's Ryan Garcia going up against either Tank, Tiafimo, or Devin Haney. But it's the right fight for Ryan Garcia at this time. Didn't get Pacquiao either. He's going to fall back to Javier Fortuna, who's a tough opponent. This is this is the perfect step up uh, after a step up for, for Ryan Garcia. Now, Devin Haney fighting uh, Jorge Linares. Hopefully we see Ryan Garcia versus Devin Haney at the end of the year for that WBC belt that is not that doesn't belong to Teofimo Lopez, whatever that whole situation. Another fight that got loosely announced, not yet by the by the promoter, is Jamel Charlo and Brian Castagna. Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castagna for all the belts at 154 pounds this one is a can't miss banger you got jamel charlo who's knocked out seven of his last nine opponents versus brian castano who throws 70 punches around at 154 pounds castano throws the most punches at 154 jamel charlo throws the least punches at 154 something's got to give in this one all four belts this one's going to be a banger can't miss fight jamel charlo making history every time he steps into the ring and lewis neary versus brandon figueroa was also uh recently rumored and potentially see that one being finalized soon Luis neary another guy who throws about 60 punches around but is a knockout guy versus brandon figueroa 
who's averaging 99 punches per round. Brendan Figueroa landing 32 around. That's just astronomical numbers from Brendan Figueroa. A lot of people uh, early on I'm seeing on Twitter are, are leaning towards Figueroa because of sheer volume and activity, and we just don't know which Luis Neary will show up. So Boxer Rose buzzing. I told you all along. We get into that meaty part of the schedule. Things are moving. This weekend we're going to see some thriller action. Also, we'll get to the other fights on the other side of things. Here he is, Mr. Ray Flores. It's time to bring in our guest this week on Inside Boxing Live. If you've watched a boxing match, you've either seen Ray Flores in the ring, you've seen him next to the ring calling fights. He's pretty much does a little bit of everything in the boxing world. And this weekend, he gets to check off another box in his resume. We'll be calling the action. Triller is back. Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. My friend Ray Flores is here on Inside Boxing Live. What's up, Ray? What's up, Dan? It's a pleasure to make my debut here. I watch every single week, and you know what? I'm pumped to be on. I appreciate that, man. Uh, you've watched all 107 episodes. That's impressive. We're going to send you uh, your gold jackets in the mail, all right? Listen, my favorite episode, not going to lie to you, the one with Michael Buffer, I loved it. I had to go back and re-listen again in terms of how good it was. Yeah, I know. That's that's your guy. And, uh, you know, you do the ring announcing. We've worked a bunch of shows. We're going back to that uh, Carlisha Shield show in, in Flint. You do great work uh, this weekend. You'll be calling the action. Has it really set in yet? You're going to be in there at, in Atlanta with all these celebrities and these acts, Snoop Dogg, Jake Paul. Uh, it's going to be quite the scene out there in, in Atlanta. I'm fired up, Dan, because this is something new and different to boxing. And, and it's just an alternative. And I think it's going to infuse some energy, a new sort of thought process hopefully gain more fans because of the different musical acts, celebrities, and you know the fact that Jake Paul has his own group of fans as well. I'm pumped about it. And the thing is, is that you get a little bit of everything. But I'm going to promise you one thing, Dan. From the time you watch the pay-per-view to the time it's over, it's a four-hour pay-per-view, it's going to be wall-to-wall entertainment. What I'm telling everybody is expect the unexpected. All right, so that sounds that sounds good to me. I mean, uh, you could be calling the action alongside Al Bernstein, Mike Coppinger, uh, Mario Lopez, I think is the host, and then you know Pete yeah. Davidson. I mean, some of these names when you take a look at it, do you ever think you'd be working alongside Justin Bieber, Pete Davidson, and, and and so forth? No, never. I mean, you know what? I I think that they're very talented in terms of their entertainment world, and, and now that they're they have this appreciation for boxing. I'm excited just to, you know, bounce things off of them and and just get their take on fights and what their, you know, interpretation is of the sport and the entire event as a whole. So, you know, I'm honestly, I'm ready for anything. And I just say, let's get down to Atlanta. Let's crank this up on Saturday night on pay-per-view. Yeah, so you go in the fighter meeting and you look over, you see Pete Davidson. That's just kind of where the boxing world is is going these <laughs> days. But it, I've always been saying since day one when these things have been rolled out, then I don't think it's a threat to boxing. I think it's just going to mix in and, and mold, mesh in with the rest of the boxing world. There is real fights on this card. Uh, Regis Progre, Ivan Redcatch, and some other ones as well. Uh, so I like the idea of mixing like real fights. Like we're going to see Tiafimo Lopez on June 5th and Evander Holyfield. I mean, or and they're going to roll out, I'm sure, some more celebrity stuff there too. And they're doing big things, Triller. Uh, they just bought the Fight TV app. They just bought the Versus app. They're they're not just doing one-offs, as you know. Like you're going to be on the call for, for multiple uh, events, correct? Yeah, so what I got is, from what I've been told, is you know we have several events this year. 
We have, you know, the event coming up on June 5th, Teofimo Lopez, George Cambosis. I'll be hosting the press conference on Friday to formally announce that at Marlins Park down in Miami. July 3rd, I learned just like everybody else, Oscar De La Hoya making his return uh, the day before, you know, National, you know, Independence Day and 4th of July here. And then, you know, I'm hearing about that there might be another date throughout the end of the year. So waiting to hear what the date is on that one. So they are looking to make a conscientious effort to make a movement within boxing. But here's what when people ask about different entities, I want everyone to do well, Dan, because when you watch football on Saturday, college football on Saturday, and there's 60 to 70 games a weekend. I like watching my first game on the Big Ten, and then I'm watching throughout the night on Pac-12 after dark. I watch it all because the more, the better. The same thing with boxing. Boxing is booming right now with all the different networks and promoters and big players around. And Triller is another big player that has entered the marketplace. Yeah, I I agree, Ray, because uh, when the quality of the sport itself is up and week after week you're getting good fights, good cards, then the whole entire health of the sport will thrive. Uh, That's something I've believed uh, for a while now. Let's talk about the actual fight. Jake Paul, Ben Askren. Uh, You don't have a lot of tape on on either guy. Askren, not a boxer, and and Jake Paul, not really a boxer either. How does this differ uh, than some other fights that you've called? So for Ben Askren, you know, I can't really, I'll go back and watch some of his, you know, UFC fights, his Bellator fights, but you really can't quantify what he's doing. You know, he's been training with Cornelius Canine, Bundridge, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't know what I'm going to see out of him on Saturday night. But what I do know is he's a tough competitor. Everywhere he's gone in his career, whether it be wrestling or MMA, he succeeded in. Will he be able to succeed in the boxing ring? I don't know. Again, though, it's one of those things that you have to prepare for anything. It's the same thing with Ray Khan, who's fighting Joe Fournier. You know, Ray Khan has never fought a you know, boxing match in his yeah. life. So I don't know if he's going to come out southpaw. I don't know if he's going to come out conventional, if he's going to be switching what his punch is going to be. I don't know. It's all about being able to react and do my research in preparation leading up to them to get their athletic backgrounds down. Yeah. Uh, and maybe Snoop will hop into the booth with you. That would be interesting, like you so. did last time. <laughs> you know, thoughts and stuff. I, I enjoyed him on the 28th when he did the, uh, the Tyson-Roy uh, Jones fight. Yeah, it's funny. Going back to your earlier days, FS1 shows, uh, these PBC shows, where pretty much you had a rotating cast of analysts that they would throw in there with you now, potentially this weekend on Triller. You can have Snoop Dogg. So things really come full circle for you, Ray. Yeah, things have moved up in the world and stuff, Dad. So I'm excited. I mean, I learned a lot from my partners. But, yeah, definitely excited to work with all these, you know, different entertainers and analysts that we have on Saturday. Let's talk about Jake Paul a little bit. Polarizing figure. Uh, I get a kick out of him. Um, I The reason that he has not rubbed me the wrong way is because he kind of knows his limits. Like, he's not in there calling out Canelo. You know, he's not calling out some of the bigger names in the sport. He's not calling out, you know, Terrence Crawford or any guys at whatever weight class he's at. You know, he's he knows where his lane. Like he's calling out MMA guys. He's calling out other celebrities. And he looks he seems like he respects the sport. Like he's not saying any outlandish things when it comes to I can run this sport. He might say that I can be the cash cow because we might see that uh, this weekend. And uh, we've seen that his, you know, just his personality and his interviews do do crazy numbers. Your, your thoughts on Jake Paul, the boxer? He gets it. He understands the business. And here when people look at this fight, they're like, oh, well, Jake Paul's fighting an MMA guy and this and that. 
you and I have done hundreds of fights all over the country. And when you look at a guy who's two and oh, let's say a prospect who's two and oh, and he's gonna get and he's gonna be fighting an undercard fight and he's trying to move up as a prospect. How many times have you seen a two and oh guy fight a fighter who has a lopsided record in boxing? And then we do our research and we find out, oh, this guy's also an MMA fighter. <laughs> I mean, the same thing with Ben Askren. I mean, the fact that Jake Paul's two and oh fighting an MMA guy in Ben Askren, but Ben Askren has really good credentials. Bellator champion, top five UFC contender. This is kind of part of the course, the way that prospects are built in boxing. Now, the U him fighting a YouTuber, an NBA guy, those are just high-profile fights. But in all honesty, how many times have you seen a pro debut or whatever the case may be, they last 10 seconds? That happens all the time in our sport. Jake Paul knows he wants to get a reaction out of people, and he does a brilliant job of it. I don't know if you saw the reveal yesterday. He's He has a robot. He has a personal robot that is his mascot. He gets the marketing aspect yeah. of the sport. Yeah, that's that's one thing, too. I mean, I've been saying beating this drum for a while now. It's I think that fighters can take a page out of his book. They can look at the marketing side of things. And there was when this first was a phenomenon, you were seeing a lot of guys saying, why is he getting so much attention? Why is Jake Paul getting this much amount of to fight when they figure out how much he made for the Nate Robinson fight when he's, what's his second uh, professional fight? Well, it's because the guy knows how to market himself. I think that there's a big void in the boxing world, especially young fighters, on how to market themselves correctly. Make, make yourself a YouTube page. Make yourself a Twitch page. Do every interview possible. Be a little more, you know, put yourself out there like Jake Paul has. Some of his stuff is cringy. Some of his stuff is, is downright hilarious. So I I think that there's positive to, be, to come from this. The sport has been somewhat of a circus since it's been around. I mean, I'm pretty sure it started in a circus tent. So <laughs> let's just bring it in. Let's, let's just embrace it all. It doesn't mean that a, a real boxing fan isn't going to watch this and say, wow, this is totally different than when I'm watching like a Boots Ennis. They know the difference. Like it's entertainment and then one's real, real boxing. You know, I think that the fans that are so up in arms over it or, you know, overacting a little bit too much, a little too um, of a purist approach, because take a, just take a page from from uh, Jake Paul himself. He's not taking it super serious. I mean, he is in the ring, but he's having fun. Like boxing is a very fun sport. And why wouldn't we want to have more eyeballs on boxing? You know, like it's like this is great for the sport to have more eyeballs and more people. The common fan Talk about, you know, the common sports fan that watches baseball or football, whatever. People that love entertainment, they're like, oh, Bieber's performing? Let me check out this fight. If we can hook new fans to boxing, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, so yeah. at the end of the day, at least it's exposing and introducing a new audience, a younger audience, which boxing needs to get younger. We need to start to grow new fans and bring them into the fold as to why the sport is so great. Yeah, and I hope that um, the telecasts change a little bit. Uh, you know, the ESPNs, the Showtimes, uh, you know, the what have you, they could, the zones, they can all take take a look at what they're doing because, you know, there's, there's are Hollywood guys, that, you know, that are doing these, these thriller shows and, you know, you might not 
get that type of uh, uh, expertise for a, a DAZN card or, or, or a Showtime card, but you can take little bits and pieces of it. You know, we can keep evolving. I think it's uh, not the worst thing, this this trailer coming into the boxing world. I think it could be fun, uh, and you're going to have some fun uh, on Saturday night. Before we let you go, you were in uh, Mohegan Sun, or at Mohegan Sun this past week. You saw Boots yep. Ennis. we got to talk some, some, some boxing here. It's some yep. up-and-coming guy. This guy right here, man, is looking like a, a young Terrence Crawford in there, switching back and forth, ferocious. What were your takeaways from uh, Boots Ennis' uh, destruction of Lipinets on Saturday? Budding superstar. Budding superstar. I mean, I am so high on him and what he does, his style inside the ring. He has concussive power with his punches. He has good punch selection, quality, uses his distance well, uh, doesn't get flustered by pressure, uses his jab Good angles. I mean, this guy is the complete package. His ring attire, he has flash with his ring attire. He's humble, yet he's confident. He is, I mean, it's it's like being able to buy Apple stock back <laughs> in the late 90s. Like, buy it now. I don't think it's close. Like, look, you have, in my opinion, in that next tier, that second tier, you got Virgil Ortiz, but Boots Ennis is above him. But honestly, if I was a matchmaker or if I had my choice, I would want to see Boots fight one of those secondary champions at 147, like a, your Dennis Ugas, a Jamal James, maybe even a Sean Porter. And then I think he's ready for the top dogs right after that fight. Now, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's a boxing. Yeah. It's not going to happen that way. But Boots is so ready to go right now. Yeah. This kid could be a world champion within a year. Will that be the case because of the politics of the sport? <laughs> Probably not. But he's ready now. Yeah, I thought he almost looked too good. I think he scared away some guys. Uh, but you're right. Uh, Jamal James, uh, uh, you know, those types of fights. Uh, Ugas, if he doesn't get in there with Spence, would be perfect. Because now you're looking at Boots. It's almost like what Spence was on the come up. Spence didn't get his title shot until he was the mandatory. It took him a few years after he burst on the scene. and Everyone knew that he had the goods. Same thing uh, for Boots, just the way the boxing world is. But... Uh, the boxing world's buzzing. Uh, we're getting into into late April. Now, in the May is going to be absolutely loaded. Uh, Triller's getting into the game. They just bought Fight TV. You'll be on the call alongside Al Bernstein and Mike Coppinger. It's going to be a uh, really fun night, I think, over in Atlanta. You'll be on the call. Uh, great stuff, Ray. Always appreciate uh, talking with you. And uh, have fun, man. I think you're going to have a blast. Thanks, my man. Appreciate all your help and tell your entire family. Thank you guys for what you do with CompuBox. You guys are a big part of our broadcast success. Yeah, my, my pops right here over here is smiling ear to ear. All right, Ray. We'll talk to you soon. Later, guys. A special thanks, Mr. Ray Flores, for joining us here on Inside Boxing Live. And I'm super interested to see what Triller is going to do now that they have acquired uh, the Fight TV app. Is this going to be another app entering the boxing world? Uh, will Golden Boy's roster head over uh, to this new Triller Fight TV app? Interesting things if you're into the business side uh, of boxing. Now, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren coming up this weekend. Uh, I've watched a few of, of Jake, uh, Ben Askren's fights to see how he is with striking. He never was a fighter that threw a lot of punches in his UFC fights he threw a, a pawing jab or a pawing hook that was just to go for the takedown so 
I don't know what to expect in this fight. I'm going to tune in. I think that's the beauty of it is expect the unexpected, just like Ray said. So that's what's coming on this weekend. In addition to Demetrius Andrade back in the ring uh, fighting with, for his world title against Liam Williams, a fight that Demetrius Andrade, man, the guy's a world-class talent but just can't get the big opponent. Hopefully this leads to a fight with uh, a Golovkin or or Charlo or someone uh, worth, a, worth a damn for uh, Andrade to, to, to fight. Also, Tony Harrison's fighting over on Fox 154 pound divisions absolutely loaded he's a guy that once held the belts who beat Jamel Charlo who's now potentially gonna be fighting Brian Castaño so like I said uh this weekend the boxing world buzzing the month of May is going to be absolutely jam-packed. Uh, Canelo, Andy Ruiz, you're going to see Devin Haney. Now you're going to see Luis Neary, Brandon Figueroa. You're going to see Jose Ramirez versus uh, Josh Taylor. So all things are starting to heat up. And as always, we have you covered here on Inside Boxing Live. We'll see you next week for another edition of Inside Boxing Live.